Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we have on our first guest, Dom Hilsheim. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street. Hey, this is the co-host, the voice, Nick Kleitch. Uh, with me always are my good friends, uh, Jeremy Machino and Cole Szynski. Uh Gentlemen, we can feel the electricity in the room here, but how are we? Man, we're good. I think we, we're about to give, uh, give our audience one of the best episodes we have probably produced in forever now. Yeah, hopefully this is super powerful to, to people who listen. Um, and, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting one. We had a really good conversation. Heck yeah. So I first wanted to just say, I hope you guys were able to unpack all your camping gear as you're camping with us here on state street. Uh, we are very excited because we have our first guest on, uh, this is a a great guy, but, uh, just that mojo has just created some, some fun nervousness for us. So Cole, would you mind just kicking us off? Uh, I think you got a really, really good presentation here. Well, yeah. So just to intro, uh, our first guest on on states here on State Street, uh, we got Dom Hillsheim. You know, Dom is Dom has been a really good friend um, to the three of us. Dom um, was a teammate of ours at, at Upper Iowa. He's super reliable guy. Like he was like that guy. Like you could always call on no matter if it's an emergency at two a.m. or if it's like you needed to know where the bucket of balls was at practice. Like you could always ask Dom. Dom always had an answer, a solution. And like, he genuinely cared. Like he was always willing to lend a hand. Um, he's a man of God. And we talk about that. He's on fire for God. And that's one thing that, that I've come to, to really appreciate about him and with his openness. And, and that's inspired me to become more open and, and really take, uh, ownership of my faith. And then, you know, he, he works for the Chicago bears, his hometown team, my hometown team. We, we used to root together on Sundays and now he's helping put on and, and, and elevate that organization to be the absolute best it can be as, as an events and hospitality coordinator. Um, and he's also the president and CEO of Chi-Town Blankets, which he gets the plug on here. Talk a little bit about what they do, how people can get involved that listen to this and, and that follow them on social media. And, uh, you know, Dom is really a guy that's committed to a life of learning and growing. And I think that's one thing that we, especially on this podcast, are all about. We want to learn, we want to grow throughout our life, not just when we're in school, not just when you know, we're, we're growing in our profession, but, but really committing to doing that um, as a lifelong, a lifelong journey. And I think uh, I want to point out that you'll, you'll probably learn that Dom is a natural leader, and he, he definitely brings us on his journey to becoming a natural leader. And it's something I, I personally really admired of Dom is he, he didn't force himself into that role. The role more took him, and he just ran with it. and And he he did a great job as as a leader for the baseball team when I was there. Yeah, absolutely. And not only will you hear a lot of the great insights that that Cole had presented, and some of the qualities that you'll get from some of the storytelling that Dom will go through, but uh, he had a couple life experiences. Uh, I think that will speak volumes to maybe someone that's struggling out there that that may need a little bit of motivation, but. Uh, the uh, high amount of adversity he's faced uh, at a relatively earlier, earlier stage in life uh, will, be, will be fun to, to get introduced to, to as well. So without further ado, Dom Hilsheim. Hey, Don, 
the guy, the UIU fellow baseball mate, the good dude that we know. How are you, man? Good, boys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Donnie it's, Donnie, it's good to hear your voice, man. We're, we're really excited about you being here. Thank you. It's, it's good to see you guys, too. I've had a lot of Zoom calls, but I, I don't think I've been this excited to, to see anybody <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good, uh, good thing to do when you don't have that face-to-face interaction. At least we can still, still bring you in for an interview. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Donnie, as we were just talking before we got on this thing, um, I thought, like, I, I got to know you pretty good in college, but you were talking a little bit more about your high school and, and us when we were just catching up. So if you wanted to just share what we were talking about, um, you had pretty a pretty lofty experience early on. Yeah, absolutely. Before we, uh, before we get started, uh, I know you guys kind of previewed it a little bit, but um, I do work for the Bears, so just get it out of the way that none of uh, what we talk about reflects uh, my opinions on the Bears or me speaking on behalf of the organization. So obviously, everything we talk about is, is just uh, reflecting my opinions. So now that we, we got that out of the way, we can, we can move forward here. But um, yeah, so definitely, thanks for, thanks for having me on. But um, just a little background on myself. I um, grew up in Northeast Wisconsin um, and in a little town called Menasha, or I guess once I got to Iowa, it was a pretty, pretty big town. It was like 20,000 <laughs> people or so. Um, and, you know, just went through, went through high school and um, wanted to continue to play baseball. I uh, looked at a bunch of different colleges and, and kind of ended up at, at UIU, thankfully met, met all you guys and uh, developed some some relationships uh that have obviously lasted a lifetime but um i don't know personally for me it just wasn't it wasn't as easy as as those couple like sentences or seconds that we just talked right there there was a there was like a little bit of kind of a bump in the road in in high school that we didn't really didn't really know uh, what to expect and it definitely uh came out of nowhere um kind of diving a little bit deep here but uh my freshman year of, of high school went through uh, football and, and basketball season and obviously getting pumped up uh, first like high school, high school baseball season, um, not knowing what to expect. Obviously, I uh, wanted to like try to make varsity and all that kind of stuff, just like any other high school kid. Um, but one day I realized that I couldn't breathe out of the, the left side of my nose and uh, it was super, super weird. Um, went to the doctor like a bunch of times and they they said that it was just a sinus infection different things and um it went on for a couple months and uh, one one day i just like blew my nose and a bunch of uh like black matter came up um and we went to went to the doctor and uh the doctor knew like right away that that something was in there uh like that there was like blood or or something like that and uh, the next day went went right down to children's hospital in in wisconsin milwaukee and uh, they found a, a tumor in my in my sinus, so they had to uh, remove that pretty pretty immediately. And um, missed all of all of freshman baseball. Was out uh, three months, and and that was that was a pretty big uh, pretty big spot that happened right away in in high school. So Dom, really quick, um, just to touch on that. Obviously, that is like that's a life altering event, especially for someone in high school, like. You're still trying to figure out, you know, sports as a as an athlete. Obviously, you're you were a great athlete, you know, in high school. 
Um, you're still, you're still trying to figure out, you know, what the next chapter of your life being college, what that's going to hold and what it's going to look like. And then obviously beyond and, and the rest of your, of your life. But, you know, talk a little bit about, because obviously, um, and for those that don't know, you know, Dom is, um, Dom is a man of faith. He is, he is on fire for God. And that's one thing that, um, instantly connected me and Dom and, and I really, really appreciate it. He's super open about it. Um, so talk about, you know, that experience. Um, and, and how, you know, leaning on, leaning on God and, um, basically diving into your faith took, took some pressure off and, and kind of allowed you to, to move into that next chapter of your life. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I, I relied pretty heavily on, um, some very strong role models, uh, throughout my, my freshman year for sure. And then throughout like my life up until this point, but um, our high school football coach freshman year, um, and it was actually our, our freshman baseball coach as well. Um, so I was, had a very good relationship with him, uh, more like a father, father figure, uh, an additional father figure, um, in my life. And he was a very faith-based person. So like going through this or that, the tumor process, he kind of could see how big of a toll it was taking on me. So, uh, between my parents and, and, uh, and him, we we had a very good relationship and always kind of based everything that was happening on God. And um, one thing that came up during that whole process is um, I don't necessarily believe in uh, coincidences. I think that everything um, kind of happens for a reason. And uh, whatever you believe or not, um, the phrase do not be afraid is written in the Bible uh, 365 times. Uh, one for every day of the year. Heck yeah. Uh, and, and that, uh, that was just super powerful, uh, to me when my parents and, um, and this coach of mine were, were talking and they just kind of, kind of said like, everything is out of your control, uh, right now. So just, you know, every day think about, do not be afraid. There's, there's another purpose. Somebody's knows what's going to happen. Somebody's in control. So, uh, just, just keep the faith. Did that time allow you to actually dive deeper into your faith and or like as in reading or like reading the Bible at all or, or listening to audios? Like, did that, do you think, serve as your purpose to really like dive deep into your spirituality? Yeah, absolutely. I think right. Um, like at the same time, I started to uh, dive a little deeper into uh, Christian music. So. I was always like a faith-based person, but I think when you're younger, you kind of go on Sundays, you go over CCD on Wednesdays and you don't really understand or, or want to learn more about it. Um, and I was introduced to, uh, two Christian rappers in particular, uh, Lecrae and, and, and uh, KB. And, uh, I just started listening to that music and, um, it, it just like hit a different part of me and I just, I uh, liked listening to that and, and feeling good about it instead of like listening to uh, uh like no no call out on on Lil Wayne but like you listen to that for a little bit you start feeling bad. About <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, leave but, Lil Wayne out of it, but yeah, get your point. <laughs> yeah, but like, um, but you know you can kind of feel good about that. And I think one of the the best things was I I just like pop it on in my car and some of my my friends were like, oh, this, this is pretty good. Like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's Christian rap. And, and they'd get kind of like, no way. Like, what, what is that? But yeah, it's, it's pretty good music. So I think that 
that was a big step uh, into just like increasing my faith was through through music. Dude, it's crazy you say that because I had that exact same experience with NF. Do you listen to NF at all? Yeah, not as much, but he's definitely. He's I, a Christian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I respect him. Not to get off topic too much here, I respect him very highly. But th- I didn't realize he was a Christian rapper. That ju- that makes it all like that just makes sense to me now. I guess it's like clicking. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hey, there's another experience right there, you guys. <laughs> right on State Street. We love that kind of stuff. No, hey Dom, that like that is that is su- super cool. So I'm I'm really curious. Um, and obviously we'll keep jumping to topics because there's a lot you're gonna cover. Uh, but when maybe if you remember a specific date or a specific event, like when did you really turn your life to God, take ownership of that, that sort of a thing? Yeah, I think like we talked about um, right away, freshman year, just through this experience um, was definitely really big for me. And then uh, junior, senior year, getting going through the confirmation process um, through like the Catholic church, that was, that was really big. Um, for me as well. And uh, you have to take like a second middle name um, as part of the whole process. And um, I took Mark, which is my, my father's name. So we, we were able to like, connect a little bit deeper on, on that level as well. And uh, then I think when I came to Upper Iowa and I was on my own uh, for the first time, nobody was driving me to church on Sundays or, or anything like that. I had to uh, do it myself. And uh, there's a great Catholic church just right uh, right on the other side of the highway um, in Fayette. They have uh, really good music and super welcoming. So I think um, going there was was a big step for me as well. And then uh, just different things at Upper Iowa, like FCA being a, being a part of that or, or just little different things like that. I think increasingly having to make those decisions to go and pursue that myself was was what helped me grow in my faith for sure. That is so that is cool, so- dude. Um, really quick, Jeremy did let us know that your dad, Mark is like one of our biggest social media <laughs> followers. Yeah. So shout out to him for following us on social media. If he listens to it, which I'm sure obviously his son being on, he's going to listen to this. So shout out to you, Mark, for, for being a social media guru and, and giving us some love on, on all the platforms. Um, but Dom, you touched on it a little bit and, you know, choosing Upper Iowa, obviously going to college is the first time you're really on your own. Um, you really have to to grow as a person. I think all four of us on this call grew in different ways and had to experience a lot of different, you know, crazy things happen in those four years. Um, mm-hmm. Jeremy and I obviously took a, a unique route going to a junior college, a two-year college before going to a four-year and you and Nick, you know, you guys committed those four years to, to Upper Iowa. So talk a little bit about why you chose Upper Iowa um, and, and tell us, you know, a little bit about the journey kind of leading up to when the four of us came together and, and, uh, we're, we're a part of a, a fun baseball team. Yeah. So, you know, after freshman year, there was, there was some bumps in high school. Um, the next three years just flew by and did, had to deal with like different adversities and different things like that, but nothing mm-hmm. that amounted to, to like freshman year. So, um, we, hey, uh, uh sorry. yeah, go ahead. Sorry, not to cut you off. I just think this will be very valuable. Can you talk a little bit about your journey of recovery into kind of building your strength, you know, year by year to getting to the point where you were getting into playing Division II baseball? Because I think that is going to give you a chance to do a lot of adversities, like talking like with that. 
Definitely. So uh, after freshman year, I missed obviously the whole year um, in high school and had to take a three month break um, from any physical activity that or anything really that raised my heart rate um, because it was a a vascular tumor, not to get too into detail, but it um, basically it, it fed on blood. So they had to take it all out and any any risk of getting my heart rate up um, could have just been uh, bloody nose or like bleeding that wouldn't be able to stop. Uh, so oh, for three wow. months, just couldn't really get my heart rate up. Um, and at both my mom and my dad's house, we had a, like a big checklist on the, on the wall that had one to 90 and we were checking off days, like awesome, every, every day. <laughs> uh, uh, day 89, my dad was like, yeah, we we're going to the batting cage. So we cut, we cut it one day short. Uh, <laughs> uh but shout out to mark yeah so we uh obviously like the summer baseball was right after that kind of started in the middle of the year and uh first at bat made contact and tripped and fell down to first base because i hadn't ran in in so long so that was was a little embarrassing but um just kind of little things like that that you don't really forget how to do but you just lose feeling for uh, like running and then obviously missing a full year of high school um baseball then had to start the next year on on jv just because i wasn't you know wasn't ready for, for varsity and then uh next two years was able to play uh varsity and summer ball and, and get some get some good looks and that's where where upper iowa came in so um heard i was at a showcase heard from um our old assistant coach coach post uh sent me an email and and went down um, to fayette for a visit and it was like truly kind of a blessing how it all happened so um for any like listeners or anybody out there i have a long-term girlfriend that we've been dating for like nine years all through high school um and both right away throughout the entire process we just said that we weren't gonna base it on each other we were just gonna you know i wanted to play baseball and, and study something around sports and marketing um and she wanted to go into the medical field so we weren't gonna base our decision off of trying to go together so i'm super thankful that we were able to do that because that can add like a lot of a stress and stuff like that so um when i got down to fayette it just it just felt like home at at uiu and um got to stay with our with our other teammate uh, for an overnight visit brett fanning and uh we we just uh, yeah (laughs) we just just hit it off um and it just it just felt awesome it was um another weird thing that I think definitely happened for a reason. I don't want to call it a coincidence, but Brett's from uh my great grandma's hometown in Illinois. Uh, <laughs> when so uh just some some different things that happened I think for the right reason that that pushed me uh towards upper Iowa. So it's kind of crazy that you say that because I actually have a very, very good friend who works for a minor league baseball team in the Quad Cities, uh who went to high school with Brett. So I'm sure she, Kaylee, if you're listening to this, she knows um, your great grandmother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That. So it, it's a small world. That's crazy. But sorry to interrupt. I had to throw that in there. I thought that's super cool. It's crazy how the the world is such a small small place. Yeah. Definitely. That's that's exactly how we felt and uh, stayed over the weekend and just kind of heard everything that you wanted to hear uh, from the coaches and had a great stay uh, with Brett and meeting some of the other guys and right when my dad like picked me up and we started driving home. He's like, how was it? 
that that's it like that that was the place and that's awesome kind of kind of knew didn't really talk to a whole lot of people after that um committed and then and then went right to upper iowa so um yeah it was definitely the best decision of my life i i loved it and, and loved meeting everybody and then loved meeting you guys yeah because before we uh before we dive into that because that's that's a hell of an adversity i would say comparison to what i had to experience going through high school <laughs> you know <laughs> so kudos to to you for that and uh to showcase your faith and strengthen your faith through that process early on in life is just uh you don't get those experiences as often as as we would like to see so that was a hell of a journey and just wanted to say kudos to you guys and your family for fighting through that um but anyway so yeah we made it up or iowa and so, Dom, I think what's really funny is, you know, like like I mentioned, Jeremy and I, we did our first two years at a community college, so we didn't even get there, like, until you're, like, you're into your senior year, Nick's into his fifth year. Um, I believe, though, that you have kind of a funny story about Nick and you, your guys' connection, and maybe some, maybe some, some music at practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, Nick and I, uh, for anybody <laughs> both of us, are, we're pretty much the complete opposite, but there's like a couple things that connect us. Um, and for whatever reason, Nick and I just always kind of hit it off. Uh, you know, like no disrespect at all, Nick, but for a while, like you were kind of like the party guy and I was like, just in my, on a Saturday night, I was in my room. Like, I don't know what I was doing for, for a while. No, like I, by no means did I just sit there all the time, but for the most part, I was more reserved and, you know, you were more, more outgoing, but there was always just something that, that kind of connected us. I think it was like our, uh, you know, determination and like business. And it just, we've talked many times about just wanting to make money. There's been so much conversation. <laughs> That's right, it dude. Just says, I just want, what do you want to do when you're older? And he just says, I just want to make money. And, uh, so we would always have good connections there. And, um, one of the other things that is very funny was the first time, uh, Nick met my girlfriend Abby. Uh, we were at the uh, the Halloween party at at the baseball <laughs> house, and oh, uh, Nick was just fist bumping like crazy. And you know, Nick's Nick's about just right around six foot, and Abby's like five <laughs> one, and he's just fist bumping, and his his elbow goes straight down on the top of her head and just crushes her the top of her head, and just at this party, and Nick just mouth wide open, and Abby was just shocked and just kept kept dancing and that that's the first time Nick met Abby so that's that's also kind of funny um I genuinely thought I broke her forehead like the skull bone on her forehead I thought my elbow broke through that skull in the moment (laughs) and I thought I had committed murder it was it was bad oh so that yeah that was that was not good but that was uh that was always something that whenever abby's around we'd all reminisce on that so that was kind of another <laughs> another way that um we had a connection but um yeah nick and i uh like freshman year and like all throughout college i kind of bounced around different positions but was a outfielder with nick freshman year um and then kind of came full circle and was an outfielder again with him uh <laughs> senior year so uh but we we obviously had that, and um, so we would have like indoor practices together. And what you were referencing before, Cole, was uh, the the story at practice was the first time um, I had like control of the ox at at outfield practice, and I tossed on 
uh, Christian rap song called I'm Turned. And uh, <laughs> and Nick was just appalled by what by what was going on. <laughs> and he uh, just turned to me and it was uh, a pretty fast paced like rap lyrics. Uh, just was kind of spitting pretty fast. And Nick just turned to me and I was just keeping up with every word. And he kind of like lost it. <laughs> he kind of like lost his mind because I was just I was just going with it. Uh, but then it kind of turned into a thing whenever we were a little bored. Nick would. Nick would ask to get it turned on and it would kind of get us going during stretching and stuff like that. But <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> so Nick yeah. and I uh, just kind of had a good, uh, good relationship, like competition in the outfield in the senior year and, and just doing different things. But I think bottom line is like, no matter what, we were always kind of there to help each other out and support each other. So it was, it was pretty cool. No doubt. No doubt. I think we have a little bit of similar background just in terms of how we had to come up as an athlete like just as far as like really working hard to get on the field or to get to do things and I think that's where we bonded quite a bit too as players like we were always wanting to do extra reps and getting after it in the weight room and stuff like that too so no I was <laughs> it was so fun meeting you dude it was it was great I'm so glad it happened and um yeah to say that we are opposites is, man, I don't know. There's a better way to describe us. <laughs> so, Dom, you know, you and Nick clearly have a, have a great connection. And, and, you know, from what I know and from and I'm sure, you know, Jeremy would would echo the same thing. You know, you were you were one of the best teammates that I've ever had. You know, I think Nick would say that as well. Like you had a great connection with every single person on our team. Like you were a genuine leader. Um you know, you don't come into to a college baseball team, though, as a leader. So walk me through and, and maybe for Jeremy's benefit to a little bit those first like three years where maybe you're not getting to play like every game like you want. You're like, you know, you you had a background a little bit of as a catcher, too. So it's like, you know, making a transition to outfield, catching, doing those at the same time, trying to balance that act while also still be a really, really productive hitter at the plate. Um, so, so walk me kind of through like those first three years really before Jeremy and I entered the picture and got to know you. Yeah. Um, so I think naturally just within the, the position of catcher, it's kind of built in where you have, you're, you're almost like forced to be a little bit of a leader just vocally, um, on the field. Uh, but one thing when I like went into upper Iowa is there were two very productive catchers ahead of me. Um, when I got there and there were older guys, you know, junior and seniors and like any freshman coming in, it's really hard to, to grasp that they're better, more established. They have more experience that that's why they're playing. It's not, it's not about, you know, they're, they're just straight up better, whether, whether you, you think that or not, like they can have a bad weekend and it, it seems like a, a pretty big deal, but it's, you know, it's just the the full marathon of a baseball season that they're just they're just better than most freshmen coming in. So I think as a freshman, um, it's a little hard to swallow that that pill. Kind of you know getting the opportunity to travel but not uh, not play is definitely hard. But I think subconsciously I kind of learned uh, from them and how they took control. Um, of the game, both vocally and, you know, riding the, the waves up and down. Um, and our, we had a really weird uh, practice schedule my, my first two years. So we were, you know, starting practice at 10 p.m. and, and lifting weights at midnight and, um, you know, just having to hold myself accountable, I think, and, and do those workouts if I wasn't getting them in during the day, like some of the other guys like doing it at night. I think it just 
forced myself to be a leader. And I think um, an, like another thing about leadership, in my opinion, is you want to, in order to be a leader, you kind of have to embrace that role. So being mm. willing to want to be a leader, I think is, is a little like underground thing that, that it takes a lot to be willing to, to do that. And I was, as I got older and, and wanted to take more of a leadership role, it was the opportunity was there and, and I just put the effort into, to try to establish myself as a leader. I think you were smart enough as well to understand the humility of that and look at those guys as an opportunity to learn how to play at the division two level though. Cause you could have been arrogant and you could have consisted on with like, Oh, I, I don't know why I'm playing. You know, you could have done that for a couple more years, but you swallowed that pill. And not only did you have the awareness, but you learned from those guys an insane amount because they were very good division two players. Yeah. But by no means was, was it easy. I mean, at, at catching practice at 6am, you know, coach Loza and, and Booker and Stenberg were definitely beating me up and I was not winning at every drill and I wasn't the best catcher at those at those times so it definitely did beat you up but it was uh, some things that you guys like talked about in previous uh, podcasts but just like having a strong mindset and, and different things like that that's you just kind of had to naturally build that otherwise you were you know just like baseball is going to kind of eat you alive so I think going through those experiences with those with those guys it was very beneficial for me. And I, I think you touched on something I think that we really, really kind of need to, uh, to address is you didn't bite the hand that fed you when you didn't get to play. And I think that goes uh, a long way in establishing a, a leadership role because it's, it's really hard to follow someone who's, you know, probably going to speak out against your coach or it's going to, you're going to speak some, one way and your coach isn't going to speak another way. So can you speak on that just a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it definitely was hard. I wasn't, wasn't perfect by any means you know i had many phone calls home to my dad about uh you know why am i not playing or you know where he'd have to talk me off the ledge or um talking to you know just different guys on the team with um kind of wondering but i think um again some of those leaders uh whether that be like assistant coaches or or other older players just being able to tell you like hey it's not you know, that's, that's not really how it is. You don't you don't just come in and play unless you, you deserve to play. And not that I didn't deserve to play, but there were other guys that were definitely better than me. So I think like you, like you just mentioned, just, it is, I guess, cliche as it is definitely a process. Like college athletics is, is a process for sure. So if you, you just, you know, if you can work for one, two, three years as hard as possible to get to a point where you can have success, like I think that's, that's what I had to take a step back and, and fully understand before, before I was even mentally ready to, to take the next step and just not only to play, but also to be a leader. So fast forward now, Dom, um, you know, you, you go through all that, you learn a ton, you grow as, as a baseball player, you're growing as a man, um, you're growing obviously in your faith, as you talked about earlier. And, you know, fast forward three years, Jeremy and I come, come to town and, um, you are like the guy, like everything I can't, like everything I heard at least coming in, especially like me being a catcher when I was on my recruiting visit, coach hunt and coach Ishi, they talked about what a great leader you are. You know, they talked about how, you know, Dom's going to come in and he's like, he's going to embrace you as a catcher. He is full of wisdom. So be ready to soak it up from him. And, um, 
it was cool for me to, to know like, okay, I'm going to get to learn from this guy who has been through a lot. I did do a little digging on you. So I knew you were a productive <laughs> player. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I was like, okay, like, you know, we're going to compete, but I'm also going to like learn about this guy. I'm going to learn from him. Obviously I have no idea where Faye at Iowa even was. So it's like, you know, this guy knows the town, which I came to find out not too big. <laughs> <laughs> um, and little did I know you were a bear fan. So we were going to connect instantly on that. So, um, you know, I, I want to kick to Jeremy because I, I have, you know, kind of fun memories, but Jeremy, what was like your first memory? What do you remember? Like first impressions of Dom? I think those are so cool and so funny. So my, my first kind of impression of Dom is actually kind of his uh, impression of his whole household, him skinny, um, uh, Tony Colton and Brett Fanning. And I mean, instantly when you walked in, you could definitely tell they were the, uh, the leaders of the team, um, I mean, Tony didn't play at all for us our, what, our junior year. He was a, a, a coach. But, I mean, basically, it was you stepped in there, and those are the guys. Those are – it was uh, yeah, Brett, Dom, and, and Skinny were, were the guys. And then there was the other baseball house where we, you know, kind of got after it a little more. But they were, the, they were kind of the, the serious guys who were, who were there to play. Yeah. I, you know, obviously, I came onto the scene, and it was, like, instantly, like – I was attracted to you because we were the same position. And so it's like, I know I'm going to be practicing, you know, with Dom a lot. And then I hear he's a bears fan. And like, I start going nuts because I'm like, dude, we're going to like, we're going to root with each other on Sundays. Like we're going to watch games together. And like, dude, I specifically remember, like, I think we were watching like the bears play the Steelers maybe. And like your dad was there, like the three of us, we had just played a scrimmage, I think, or maybe it was the alumni game. I can't remember specifically, but like the three of us were just going crazy because like, you know, coming in, we didn't really know what to expect. And like Mike Glennon was a new quarterback, which was super cool, super exciting. And I just remember like they, they were winning. I think they eventually won. Yeah. And like that was like, it was kind of unexpected, but it was kind of like, okay, like we're going to get the ball rolling on this thing and, and have a lot of fun. And so dude, I totally remember that. And like, that's like, I was like, me and Dom are going to be, we're going to be good buddies. Like, like I knew then, like, it was, it was all going to work out and, and it was, you know, it was, it was going to be a great place to be. And, and you, you know, you were going to be a great leader because you were so humble and, and, you know, you, you did lend a, a helping hand to, to every new person that, that came to campus, whether they played baseball or not, you know, you were always willing to, to welcome them with open arms. Um, so, you know, we, we play through the season and, uh, you know, you're finishing up studies, kind of looking towards like that awkward six months that the three of us like to talk about so much on, on this podcast. And so talk about a little bit about graduating, finishing up, you know, your last season of baseball and then having to leave your guys go out into the world, which, you know, like we've talked about is, is kind of a lonely feeling at first. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, my, my journey out of Fayette into, into the first, uh, you know, six months wasn't exactly as, as Meg J talks about, uh, in, <laughs> uh, man, leaving Fayette was, was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever, uh, had to do in my life. And I think it's, it has a lot to do with the people at upper Iowa. It has a lot to do with the small town feel and just being on, um, a college athletics team, you know, just the brotherhood that you, you create together. And, um, it was just such like our senior weekend uh, was just so awesome. Um, and, you know, we took three out of four from, from Mankato and uh, just missed the conference tournament by, by a game or two. And uh, we couldn't have finished baseball wise on any higher of a note, in my opinion. Um, I just think it was, it was good. And me coming off of 
an injury. Uh, I didn't really get to play a whole lot before then and kind of just rehab just so I could play for uh, senior weekend was uh, like a personal accomplishment um, in that as well. So I think that whole time didn't really help being easy to leave. Uh, it made it a lot harder just because we had success. I was able to play and and then just being at a place that I called home for four years, having to leave that uh, the next day was was really tough. So um, I like how you touched on how, how it was really hard for you to leave, but I think me and Cole could probably speak on, it was definitely harder for me to leave that year than it was my senior year just because of the the connections we had built throughout that team i felt like we were just a very strong knit community at this point whereas my senior year didn't just it didn't feel that way and i definitely left that year feeling like wow this this sucks we're never we're not going to be able to play on the same diamond again and it just it just i never got that feeling again my my senior year yeah it's for Obviously, I went through three other senior days before that, um, and I worst, can, worst day of the year. Yeah, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's the worst, um, and and I can definitely relate to what you just said, um, Jeremy. The I know my my freshman senior year and my junior senior year were were senior the hardest. days, right? Senior day, senior yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> not to confuse like anyone who's listening to this yeah i didn't have three senior years uh but Nick. yeah fresh <laughs> freshman year and in junior year were definitely the toughest uh senior days just like what you said kind of the the connection that you had with those teams and then it was obviously much different when you know you're walking out there and your numbers painted on the field it's a crazy feeling and um I remember like my last at bat i popped up to third base and i didn't run out of the out of the batter's box and uh the only reason I did run is because Coach Hunt started screaming at me to run. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely you know really tough. But the the thing that was also uh, like I said earlier different than what Meg J talks about is I we ended on May fifth. I left Fayette May sixth and uh, moved in to my apartment in Chicago May sixth and started. Um, with the bears on the ninth. So I didn't, I didn't have any time uh, to really think about it. And I think like any, any of us dreaming to, to play in the, in the league someday, um, if I would have had those awkward three, six months, I think it would have been awful for me uh, just because, you know, I don't, I don't know. It just, it would have been awful if I would have had time to think about it. But thankfully, again, like kind of the common thing that I've, I've been saying is no no coincidences it definitely pushed me in the right direction um to you know focus on the next thing in my life yeah and it's such a different experience being on the, the graduating senior side as opposed to being that freshman sophomore junior that's watching these guys basically exit stage right and and seeing them walk off the field and walk out the door for the very last time and knowing okay it's on me to like, you know, pick up the slack where they left off as opposed to being, you know, that guy who's dang, it's over, you know, coming to that realization and, and coming to the realization, you're going to be graduating, leaving school very soon. All of that kind of, it comes full circle really, really fast, but, uh, you know, moving, moving past school. So you graduate, um, it was, it was marketing and sports communication, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, 
And so, like you said, Dom, you know, you moved to Chicago, moved right into your apartment, and you had actually been interning with the Bears. Is that right? Or it, it was a job, one of the two, with the Bears kind of through high school even is when it started, I think? Yeah, it was a part-time job. So it was um, through or for training camp and then as many like events and game days as that I, that I could. Um, so it was with the events and entertainment department. But um, just a lot of like setup and tear down like operational um, type things for training camp and in game days when I could. Uh, so was able to um, get a seasonal position, which is a, essentially like an extended uh, internship for, for 10 months. And I did that uh, twice. And then this past year um, was given the opportunity to come on full time as a events and hospitality coordinator. Um, so stayed within the same department, but um, similar to to other things, kind of had to work uh, work towards it. Be like the, the backup for a little bit as the extended intern, and and then uh, get get the opportunity to to be in full time. So a couple months in, and now hasn't been easy with the with the pandemic. I haven't been to the the office in a while, but yeah, definitely blessed for the opportunity. It's great. So one thing that when we're going through or the last year that I was was knowing you is I think from my experience and some other folks, I think you were a little bit more prepared for the professional world than I would say some of the guys that I know were. Was that mom and dad that kind of encouraged you to do that or was that self-motivated? Because I think there's a lot of seniors and or juniors that would find value in hearing if you did take those preparation steps for the professional world transition. I think it was um, kind of all the above. It was it was definitely a little bit of self-motivation, um, great support system at home and uh, and then also learning from from other, you know, professors, teachers at Upper Iowa or, or just teammates as well. Um, when I was a freshman, I kind of got taken uh, under the wing of a few seniors and got um, to work in the athletic department at Upper Iowa. And I was able to take some of the large scale things I learned from the Bears part time and bring it to Upper Iowa on a much smaller scale, but still be effective um, at, at different game days and, um, initiatives and things like that with like the Snapchat and and all that. So I think using big and small ideas from the bears and like support systems and bringing it to upper Iowa and being able to talk about those experiences as if I did them full time in interviews and and different things like that was very beneficial because I, Obviously, being a college athlete, you have like no time to do any of that, but to be able to do that a little bit, um, you know, at football games or basketball games, I think was was a huge turning point um, professionally for me. So it was was definitely tough to balance the professional and um, the college athlete part of it, let alone studying for for any tests or or just going to class and things like that. But I think being able to find that extra time uh, to do that was very beneficial for me. So Don, you talk about, you know, those, the, the balancing act that you have to do and kind of like some of those, those moments of that, that are really critical, especially being a college athlete, college student, and then looking towards, you know, being a professional. Did you at all have like the moment or the realization of, okay, because, because, you know, every, every athlete as a kid, you know, you're like, I want to go play professional football, professional baseball, basketball, mm-hmm. whatever your sport of choice is. When did you, if you've had it or or maybe it was even earlier before college, 
Um, when did you have that kind of like, oh shit moment of, I'm probably not going to play professional sports. I'm not going to play on a professional level. And then use that realization to make the determination of, I want to work in sports. I want to stay around this. I want to make this a, a career and a, a real important part of my life. Yeah. So sports, either playing or working was never not an option. So it was always either I'm playing or I'm working in it. Uh, so one of the two was going to happen and there was nobody that was going to tell me no. Um, as far as professional playing sports, up until I got hurt senior year, a couple, couple games in, it was full on pedal to the metal. We're going to the league, you know, whether that, whether that's the major leagues or minor leagues, whatever it was, everybody support system wise, all hands on deck that that's what was going to happen. And there was, there was no question about it really if anybody told me differently it was either hop on the train or, or step off the tracks because you're you're getting in the way so it was I think that was one one thing that was a huge um you know wake-up call for me is when when I did get hurt and it was the first realization um that it wasn't because I got I got uh as close to a cup of coffee at at um being in contact with professional scouts as possible in that that year uh, that summer going into so junior year caught almost every game was you know a little bit above average in in production um had some weaknesses that needed to work out in in the summer and just was in the gym and hitting every single day didn't didn't take a day off and met uh former MLB pitcher that was sent down to AAA and was um, rehabbing to try to get picked up. And I was catching him. He was a pitcher catching him um, and just working with him. You know, he was sitting mid 90s, upper 90s the whole time. And so it was great for me um, fundamentally just to, you know, work on everything and, and get that exposure. And um, a Mets uh, pro scout comes and, and looks at him, calls the GM. And they, they kind of talk about it. And all of a sudden, the guy starts talking to me and, and doesn't pursue the pitcher. And it's like, asked me to take a round of BP after after catching this guy. I had to fill out like the recruiting questionnaire for the Mets. And I, so all of that was happening in the summer. Go back to Fayette. And I was full go, like full tilt. This is, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and then some more, you know, adversity hits where I go in there and coach Hunt and um, issue like, Hey, we brought in, you know, a freshman catcher and, and two Juco guys. Uh, you're going to have to start taking some reps at second base in the outfield. Um, it was, you know, definitely an eye opener, right? It was, it was not something, anything, something, not anything that I expected, but it didn't really change my outlook as long. I just, you know, kept thinking I'll, I'll just be the best that I can be. And as long as I can hit, they'll, they'll find a spot for me. So, um, obviously that was a little bit different in how like our relationships were, you know, like the first time, obviously me and Jeremy, we had a little bit of a connection, just catching bullpens and stuff like that. So it's kind of natural between pitcher and catcher. But as you were saying, like you were like looking to see what I was doing, I was, I kind of resented you and, and Tony like being there, you know, cause I was like, this is, this is my, this is like my spot. And I, and now I have to share it with you guys. So it was a little tough. And then, in, in addition to Nick, like we had a, a couple outfielders leave and 
you know, Nick was just waiting there, ready, putting in four years at that point and to play. And now Nick and I were competing where we had never had to do that before. So that was a little bit, you know, tough right away on our friendship and relationship. So it was a, it was a little different, but like, I guess to fully, <clears throat> excuse me, to answer your, your full question, I was full on, we're going to the league until, until I got hurt. And then kind of in the background, I always kept the bears a realistic option or, or just working in sports in general, realistic option. And I think that was, again, like to fully wrap it up. I think that's what was very beneficial for me as I was like professional playing was one a professional working was one B. So to keep both of those in line as much as possible as options was, was the thing that, that really helped propel me to the next, the next step. And dude, you like, I, I totally appreciate you bringing that up because there was always a part of me that was like, gosh, I really hope Don like doesn't look back. Obviously in the moment, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, competing and like, I totally get where the resentment is. And obviously, you know, myself coming in, it's like, you know, I want to, I want to win the job. I want to, I want right. to beat everyone out. Um, but there was always a part of me where I, it was, I hope, you know, I can look back and, and Dom can look back and like, we don't resent each other because like, dude, I have to be totally honest. Like I did, I learned so much about you, like from you about like just being like a good leader on the baseball field about being like a welcoming person in life and, and allowing people the chance to learn and allowing people the chance to, um, take your advice and, and apply it to their lives. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's a tough situation because like, you want to say, I'm sorry, but, um, in the moment, especially it's like, you know, you feel bad because your buddy is like, getting told one, this one thing. And, and obviously you're a senior. So I had full respect for, for your leadership. And, um, yeah, dude, it was, it was such an, an interesting, like part, like, like time period that we were in. And, and, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny to look back on now. And, and obviously, you know, we've all grown and, and I think we can all look back and, and enjoy like the time we all spent together, especially like bus trips and staying in hotels and, and all the fun stuff that we got to do and, and how we got to interact. Um, one thing I, I, I was curious about, um, well, and you say above average, your production, like Dom, you were like one of the best players on our team, no doubt about that. So Dom, for everyone listening, Dom is being very, very modest when he says he was above average, because like he said, he had pro scouts, like he was filling out questionnaires he was in contact with them. So above average was, was very, uh, that's very modest on his part. Uh, um, as a pitcher, I mean, I, I definitely didn't, didn't have the same feelings as Cole or anyone that was competing for the same spot as Dom. But I mean, throwing it Dom was awesome. Uh, he, he gave my wet noodle arm, basically all the help I, all the help <laughs> I could get. <laughs> he, during live ABs, he definitely, uh, he definitely had the pitcher zone. I mean, he didn't have to, it was, there's no no benefit to you know pitchers looking good in live abs, but he he definitely helped me out some bit, and I was always appreciative of that instead of uh going over to some of the the other catchers where it's a it's a shoebox strike zone, and I'm looking like a like an idiot that can't hit the middle of the strike zone. So definitely appreciate that. Might be a little jab at you, Cole, right there. That is a little jab. At no, me. that's Cole, okay though. Cole, Cole was a good Cole was good enough. There's there's a couple other guys that were were a little little tougher to throw to. That's hey, that's okay. I I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, but so so getting back, you know, to to the Bears and and 
you know, you're, you're working, you know, you're, you're now graduated out of college just to paint the picture again a little bit. Um, you just move like quick turnaround. You're just moving to Chicago. Um, obviously your girlfriend, Abby is still in nursing school right at that time. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk a little bit about what you were doing. You, you mentioned it briefly doing like your part-time gig, but just talk about a little bit your responsibilities as kind of like that part-time kind of just grunt worker, you know, for a professional sports team and now how that's blossomed into um, a coordinator position and, and, you know, you're, I mean, clearly a growing leader in, in that organization and in the sports world. Yeah. So the, uh, the department as a whole, um, we're, we're responsible for putting on um, lar- all large scale fan events for, for the team. So that'll include, you know, game days and, and then things like training camp and the 5k and, and all of our other large scale events. So um, we have an events and entertainment department, but then we're broken up into, you know, game presentation, production, entertainment, and, and events. So we all just, uh, have different responsibilities of like helping out partnership in different areas or our part-time staff is underneath us and signage and giveaways and, um, all the entertainment activations we bring in and everything that goes on the video board and intros and all that. So all of that in a nutshell, um, is in our department, but the cool thing is we get to work with and for every other department within the bears, um, both on the football ops and, and, um, and the business ops side. So it's, it's really cool just being able to, to work with and for everybody. And, and then like you mentioned before, for, for my Cole and my's hometown or our favorite team is, is just icing on the cake. So Bear down. Um, yeah. I, I love it and, and can't, can't wait to, you know, keep doing it and, and keep it going. So Dom, if you had to pinpoint, you know, obviously the transition for everyone from, you know, being a, a college student um, to a working professional is different and, and unique in its own way. And everyone struggles with something, you know, different. Um, it's never, you know, as smooth or as, as easy of a transition as you would like to think. If you had to pinpoint one thing that you really, really struggled with or didn't feel prepared for uh, going into that job, whether it's simply like getting on the getting on the the train in the morning, like to go to work or or something actually in your position, if you can pinpoint one, maybe two of those things, and then maybe a piece of advice or or a moment that you had with with someone um, impactful that allowed you to kind of get past that and, and and really hit your stride as a as a professional. Yeah, I'll do uh, one big thing and then one kind of just like knickknack thing that that was that helped. But uh, I think I severely underestimated the nine to five uh, hours of of working. Um, obviously, being in sports and events, you you don't really work traditional hours. Um, but in college, thinking that we you know had lifting and conditioning and class and practice, I. I thought that the nine to five was going to be, you know, pretty easy. But the first week working nine to five consistently for five days straight, I went to bed at 745 or eight o'clock every night when I got home because it's so much different being locked in for eight hours straight, you know, sitting at a desk, getting up every once in a while if you have to go do something, whatever. But those eight hours of locking in is so much different than an hour class go to lunch, hour class, go to practice, lift, condition, whatever. 
it's so much different than that because you're not locked in going back and forth. So I think that's that's like the overarching thing that I struggled with right away. Not that it hurt like productivity or anything like that, but it's just that nine to five grind. I I definitely underestimated that. Yeah, me as well too, because you know, when you're running around as a student athlete, you are literally running around as a student athlete. I mean, you're moving to class and doing this and that. And then when you're forced to concentrate for like three hours straight on (laughs) on tasks, you know, it's like, what is this? Like, you know, what am I doing here? Do I get a, my, when is the group meeting for like class? And then you want to bounce (laughs) around. And so, yeah, I I can definitely agree with that feeling too. And uh, I'm glad you found ways to at least figure through and, and going to bed to seven, don't knock that. Cause that's, that's pretty <laughs> valuable. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Oh, uh, and then, and then the, uh, like the little minute thing that I, that I struggled with is I had never had, I never had to manage like a, a large scale email inbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just got uh email here or there from, from a professor, or like an online quiz or something. And I never had to manage outside of like subscriptions like ESPN or whatever I never got (laughs) um so one thing that I struggled with right away was I never had to organize my inbox where you add folders for this different events or different dates or you know different categories I never had to do that so the first couple of times I was asked to reference an email I was just scrolling 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 for like weeks of emails (laughs) I didn't have them organized so once um a few of my like colleagues and, and coworkers, I guess, quote unquote, like taught me how to do that or make folders. It was it was super beneficial uh, for me, and it, it kind of changed everything. Just quick organization. So I guess if I had one piece of advice that was super easy for anybody to do when they when they go into the workforce would be just to create folders in your email because <laughs> it helps out a lot. It's a it's a really small thing, but it's it's super powerful and it's it it saves you from working a lot harder to working a lot smarter and saving you a lot of time. And it kind of eases like that concentration piece you talked about. But so that leads in perfectly to to something really big that that we kind of saved for last, but it's also kind of like one of the most um one of the newer things that that you've started with. And so you talk about, you know. How, how much of a grind like that nine to five was. And so it doesn't leave you a whole lot of time. And obviously you're concentrating a lot and, and putting a lot of energy into that. Um, and you talk about being organized and you go and you start Chi town blankets. You are the president and the CEO of Chi town blankets. You guys do awesome things for, for homeless people in Chicago and, and, and giving, you know, blankets and, and you guys do all, so many cool initiatives. So touch a little bit on that because I know that is near and dear to your heart how it got started, um, and kind of work us up to, to where we're at today. Yeah. So interestingly enough, um, we, we spent a lot of time on baseball and, and how important that was um, for me and, and a little bit on how it was really hard to give it up. Um, so I, when you know different people ask me about this, I always refer to it as baseball was something that I did and like lived and breathed for 22 years. And then when I moved to Chicago, it got shrunk down and into something that I just watched, right? Or I just went to the games. Uh, but it was always a part of my life. And it was it was really hard to try to find other things that I did or that um, you know, that I lived or breathed. Um so after being in Chicago, fast forward like a year and a half, um, my dad and I take a trip out to Washington, DC 
to watch the Bears Redskins game Monday night. We won Bear Down, great game. Um, <laughs> and before that, we go to the Baltimore Orioles game. It's one of the last games of the season. They hand out a blanket for the giveaway. It's like a fan appreciation, bright orange blanket with the the Oriole on it. And didn't really think much of it. Just got back home after the trip, threw it on the couch. No big deal. Probably never going to use it. It's bright orange. Um, again, baseball being the occasion. A couple weeks later, go to a White Sox game, take the train home. And I'm just walking home by myself and I see a man laying in the entryway of a business that's closed probably like 1030 at night. Um, first homeless person or person that didn't have somewhere to stay that night that I can remember on my street, like right around the corner. Um, and something just totally overcame me. And the only thing that I could think about after seeing that guy was that there was an orange blanket sitting on my couch. Uh, so I just walked home and, uh, and put it on, just grabbed it and, and walked back and put it on him. Um, and, and just all, all I said was God bless and put it on him. And I, and I walked away. Um, and as I was walking home, it's like one block from there, but there was just like a thousand things racing through my head. And all, all I could think about was there's so many more homeless people in Chicago than this one guy that they're that I have to do something else. Um, so I was just like sitting at home that night and I just got out a piece of paper and I just started drawing. Um, and I wrote down shy town blankets and it, and it is the logo that we have now. Um, and I looked online, started making a website and Jack and Josh, two of our other, um, teammates that also work part-time um for the bears last year come and i'm just like on my computer when they get here and they go what are you doing i'm like oh i just started a non-profit and they're like oh that is the most donny thing that you could ever ever just <laughs> a oh. donny thing that's lovely <laughs> that's how they referred to it so like i didn't talk to them basically for the next hour because i'm just grinding on this website so fast forward a couple months and, and jack and josh are are on the board and uh, we're a fully functioning nonprofit. And, you know, what we do is we just collect blankets and, and wash them um, at different locations and, and hand them out to, to people in need in Chicago. Um, and it, it turned from one, literally one blanket and trying to have the goal be 100 before Christmas to um, cr just absolutely crushing that goal. And we're, we're at like 838 or 883, oh my something like that. And, um, you know, obviously we're on hold right now with the with the pandemic, but the outpouring of support from uh, you know teammates and uh, family, friends, and just random people that that we don't know has been incredible. And we were super fortunate to be featured on uh, NBC Chicago, and they just took the story and it it exploded on on their website. So we were sitting like at seventy or something when we had that interview and in. There's just so many people in Chicago and, and everywhere that want to help. And it was awesome. Um, Amazon packages when I got home from a weekend away. I don't know if you guys have, have seen um, the movie Santa Claus where Tim Allen comes home and all those lists are just in his oh. lips. <laughs> great, great movie. But that is that is what the living room looked like with so many blankets and 
um, supplies and everything like that. So yeah, I'm definitely, definitely really proud of that. But um, there's so many other people that we need to thank for that too. Like all the people that are, that are on the board and, and everybody else that's, that's helped out and um, just a crazy platform that um, was, was handed over, but it was very interesting and I think super powerful for me to realize that from what I believe that God used baseball to push me in that direction because baseball was something that I did for so long. And then um, it turned into something that I just watched, but he used that um, to push me towards something else for me to do for, for the long haul. So that, that full circle um, still having baseball be a way to, to leverage the next part of my life was, was very eye opening when I, when I finally was able to realize that. And I have a lot of respect for you for obviously going through with that and, and getting to the point that you were. What I think is really cool, though, is that there's a lot of people that talk about the fact that they're going to do something or they provide a good idea. Hey, we should start a podcast and invite one of our college buddies on. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. You know, but like for real, though, it inspires me that you took action on doing that idea to the level that you did. So uh, talk about just a little bit on the, I don't know if courage is the right word, but putting some of those things together, because I think you realized in life, now we get to kind of do whatever we want, right? And, and choosing to do those good things, obviously it reflects your reputation, but just talk a little bit on that, just the courage and kind of the creative thinking to go ahead and actually, you know, bring it to fruition. Yeah. I think a lot of times I've been embarrassed about things in the past, whether that um, like prior to what we talked about, whether that be my faith or being somebody that you know didn't want to go out and party but wanted to get in the cage or, or different things in my life that it may not have been the popular choice, um, but it was the choice that I wanted to make. And I, I think in the past, there's been times where I've been embarrassed about making those decisions or or just not go full into them because it wasn't the popular one. And I think having so many of those occasions when this came up, it was just another thing that I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And having that previous experience, I just knew that I, I wanted to, to go into it. So I don't know if there's, if there's like any advice or anything like that, that I, that I can give to anybody, but it was just call it faith or call it, call it whatever you want. It was just there was something pushing me towards doing this and just continuing um, to make it as as big as possible. But in in the same hand, it only not only, but it ended up taking about a week to from the first occurrence of giving that blanket to making the website, making it official, and then just turning it into a, a nonprofit. So it, it didn't take that long. And it was almost very similar to when I moved to Chicago, where I didn't have a whole lot of time to think about about what I was doing. And personally, I, I just like to think that that's, you know, God or, or whoever you want to believe working in, in different ways to, you know, there's a there's a bigger, bigger picture there and not just about about yourself. So obviously, this podcast, you know, we are we we love our books we love our our motivational videos you know we we love anything that 
that stirs the pot a little bit, but also allows us to grow and, and learn and um, stay committed to doing that each and every day to, to become better humans, better professionals, and, um, you know, better people just to, to be around and, and be on this earth. So, you know, is there any, any sort of literature, any sort of content that maybe like a YouTube video you watch that has helped you stay on that path and, and, you know, um, advance your career, help bring along Chi-Town Blankets that, that you could reference that maybe some people could go check out after they listen to this? Yeah, I think uh, something as simple as liking or following um, the page Goldcast, um, they always just put out really beneficial, a lot of times they're like graduation speeches or, or just little uh, positive things like that. But some of those videos are just really like help with like give positivity, I guess, to your, to your day. And they're super quick and um, they can be celebrities or not, or just like normal, normal people like us. But um, I just think I like following and liking all those kind of things so I can just have a lot of positivity um, on my feeds. I, I really like that. I'm not like a huge social media guy, but I like, you know, following sports and, and positive things. So I'd, I'd say that. And um, if you want something that's like a little bit more uh, faith based, um, the uh, I am second page. Um, a lot, you see a lot of athletes just wearing the the bracelet. Um, I wear one, but they have a lot of testimonials on there too um, of different sports at, uh, athletes or, or celebrities that just talk about their face. So that's that's pretty beneficial and, and positive as well. I did notice you had uh, you had an I am second bracelet on. That's why I wanted to, I wanted to get that question in there so you could talk on that a little bit. So just to to maybe wrap things up here, Dom, I got four kind of fun questions to kind of to kind of ease us out of this. If you're and, and if you get them right, or if, uh, yeah, if you get the last one right, we're going to let you plug some things and, and kind of tell the people um, where they can maybe donate, how they can get involved, all, all that kind of stuff. So you're ready? Love it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, first one, um, deep dish, Chicago style pizza or New York style? 100% deep dish. Deep dish. What's your favorite Not place? Ooh, uh, so a lot of people ask Lou Malnati's or Giordano's. Both wrong answers. Okay. So there's one place uh, called La Briola. It's right downtown, um, right off of Michigan. And uh, it's where you got to go. It's, it's great. They burn a little bit of cheese on the crust. It's, it's, uh, it's perfect, Nick. I know you love it. <laughs> I always like a good slice of pizza. <laughs> All right, Donnie. So second question here. This one's going to maybe throw you for a little bit of a loop. I don't think you're going to be expecting this one. All right. Can you spell Mississippi? M-I-S-S. I-S-S-I-P-P-I. There we go. Thank you. Okay, so being a uh, Wisconsin guy, there's a lot of controversy on, is it water fountain? Is it bubbler? Which is it? Bubbler. Answer correctly. (laughs) Bubbler. (laughs) It's a bubbler. And explain why that is, so just in case people don't know. Yeah, I don't really know, but uh, when you're like asking your teachers in elementary school if you can go get a drink, it's can I can I go to the bubbler? Can I get a drink from the bubbler? It's not can I can I go to the water fountain? So I don't I don't know why that is, but that uh, it's a hundred percent right there, bubbler. So when I talked to Zach Kane, a a fellow Wisconsinite, uh, he described the process of you know when you go to drink it, it like bubbles out at you, and I thought if that's the actual <laughs> definition. Of a bubbler <laughs> for Wisconsinites, you guys are in trouble. My goodness. 
Yeah, I wasn't ever on that side of the argument with him. Um, he would start making a bunch of noises, but uh, but I I was uh, I just call it a bubbler. That, that's it. All right, Donnie. So last question I got for you, and this one's gonna be the determiner if you get to plug Shy Town Blankets a little bit more or not. Okay. Alrighty. What is your favorite podcast? Oof. I've been cruising all night. It's definitely uh, State Street. <laughs> Let's go. That's the answer we were looking for. So just right before Nick wraps it up for us, um, why don't you tell everybody that's listening how they can get involved in Chi-Town Blankets, maybe once you guys get the ball rolling again after we get past the, the pandemic, um, you know, how they can get involved, maybe your social media. And then obviously, you know, you mentioned Abby, uh, your girlfriend does work in the medical field. So so tell just really quick how she's doing, how she's holding up and, and make sure to thank her um, for the guys on State Street. Yeah, definitely. She's doing awesome. Um, we're both living uh, down here in Chicago. So um, she just graduated in December. So she's just on the job hunt. Um, the pandemic's definitely not not helping at all. Uh, they're not hiring a lot of nurses, but she's she's applying uh, to jobs like crazy, like t- double digits every every week. So she's she's grinding. Um, but yeah, she's she's doing awesome. Um, and Shy Town Blankets. Uh, Super simple, just on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. It's just at Shy uh, Town Blankets, C H I T O W N uh, Blankets, and yeah. So we we don't do a whole lot of uh, of content, but we try to. Anytime we're you know we're out um, donating or or we have different partners that that help us out, we always try to try to toss um, you know some some content their way. Uh, but then we also have a website, which is just Shytown Blankets, same spelling, uh, .com. And right on there, we have um, the best thing that we figured out is that we have an Amazon uh, wish list. So if you go on there, there's different blankets um, that are in stock at Amazon that you can buy. Um, and they'll, they'll ship directly to, to our, um, our location. So, yeah, it's awesome. We have uh, our current storage unit is uh, a closet in our hallway so shout out to abby for letting me turn that into a little blanket <laughs> storage area. Um, but yeah we got we got a ton of blankets um here and and we need we need a lot more because found out last year there's eighty thousand homeless people so even though we got over 800 blankets donated it, it doesn't even you know scratch the surface here in chicago so definitely trying to help out as many people as we can so if you if you're willing and able to to help out you know there's blankets that are anywhere from like four dollars on our wish list to like 30 so um any any little thing will help and and people are very appreciative so so really quick right before nick wraps us up dom i want to thank you for taking the time to, to join us on a tuesday night um you have been absolutely like inspirational man i have learned so much about you just growing as a man growing as a professional um i love just talking to you the conversations we have it gets me absolutely fired up and and just like ready to take on the world and, and make the best of our life and, and please God while doing all of it, man. So, um, Jeremy, if you have anything left to say, you know, please do. And then, and then obviously Nick can wrap us up. Yeah, man, it's, it's been great having you, Dom. I think there, there probably would have been no more perfect first guest for state street to have. And, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, it, it's been a blast. I really appreciate that guys. I, I loved, I love being on here and thanks for, thanks for bearing with me with different headphones dying and trying to get, a, <laughs> I was a little bit of a struggle, but we, we got through it. So I really, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, and giving me an opportunity to you know, just talk with you guys and, and catch up. And then most of all, plug, uh, plug Shy Town Blankets on a platform like this. I really, I really appreciate it. So thanks for doing that, guys.
No worries, man. Yeah, it's it's an honor, and and we're hoping that this is not the only time that you will uh, visit the State Street Podcast. Uh, we do appreciate you guys listening in, and as always, go ahead and pack up your camping gear. We appreciate you packing on State Street tonight, and until next time, we might have uh, another book we're cracking into and another very exciting guest. So thanks, guys.